Imagine, if you will, that our submersible is in fact a house built by our own fair hands from scrap in the middle of a forest. All we're missing is the mental kid with the machete. We're talking the Kings of Summer on episode 109 of Have You Seen? Hello, dear listener. Welcome to episode 109 of Have You Seen? Dear listener. Singular. Well, I don't think people are gathered around an iPod. No, but... Listening to podcasts is a very kind of solitary pursuit these days. Fine, I suppose. You know, I, I listen on my on my commute. Yeah. And... Uh, it just implied we only have one. Well... Maybe we do. The stats say otherwise. <laughs> yeah. um, I am Kieran Lefort, uh, the cherry coke swilling interrupter at the other end <laughs> of the table is Tom Webb. Yeah. We're in the submersible in quite a... Sombre and subdued office, but today <laughs> yeah. is the day after the office Christmas party. Yeah, there are many green faced, glassy eyed individuals yes. around us. Yeah, um, no, Kieran and I were here bright and early this morning. Ready I to unlocked, work. I was, yeah. the, I was technically late, but I was the first person here. I unlocked the building this yeah. morning. I wasn't long after you, I don't yes. think. And uh, we just we sat and waited for, for people to slowly drip into the building and greeted them as as only you can the day after an office christmas party party yeah. loudly yeah but we're not here to talk about that no we're here to talk about the kings of summer and mm. i need to bring up my notes which keep disappearing uh i've managed to forget my ipad so this is being, being done from the small screen okay. uh the kings of summer was pitched to us by graham hubbard Mm-hmm. from a, a bunch of films he saw at uh, the Sundance UK Film Festival in 2013. Wow, okay. Uh, he also pitched us Blackfish and... Muscle Shoals. Muscle Shoals at the same time, yes, both mm. of which we've done and enjoyed yeah, uh, on this yeah. show. Uh, so we'll see if Graham can make it three out of three. Uh, so Graham says, originally called Playhouse, but had its name changed to Kings of Summer, as explained. I never found out how to pronounce the director's name. Uh, I'm going to stick with vote. Vote. Okay. Um, as explained by uh, director, it's George... actually double barreled Yes. Vote Roberts or vote Roberts. Yes. Yes. Vote Roberts has a bit weird. <laughs> it sounds like a campaign. Yeah. Vogt. <laughs> yeah. Yogurt. Here we go. As explained by Jordan Yogurt Roberts, yeah. because of meddling from marketing departments. It's a story of three school friends, Joe, Patrick, and Biagio, who decide they've had enough of their overbearing parents and decide to spend their summer in a playhouse that they build in a secluded woodland area. Can I take issue with that to start well, with? Mm. That's way more than the playhouse they build yes. in this secluded yeah. wooden area. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a full two-story yeah. thing made yeah. out of planks of wood and old doors and any other crap they can find. Yeah. Anyway, the trailer describes the film as a cross between Superbad and Stand By Me, and thankfully it's close to neither. The film is full of charm, wit, and some hugely impressive performances from the young leads. Coming close to stealing the show, though, is Nick Offerman as Joe's dad and Megan Mullally, Offerman's real-life wife, as Patrick's mother. We saw this on a Saturday night at Sundance, and the crowd literally howled their way through the whole thing as if they were werewolves at Halloween. The film manages to be indie without navel-gazing and funny without being crass, a real triumph. Uh, As the director said at the screening, it's important that people hear about and see movies like this, or you're going to get in the future is, quote, fucking Transformers. So there we go. Mm-hmm. How did the Kings of Summer sit with you? Not very well. Okay. Um, I started off thinking it was all right. By the end, uh, I'd almost turned it off and just didn't enjoy it. Wow. Yeah. 
I I think it was I think it was just completely it was just mismatched everything was mismatched mm-hmm. so the sto- that kind of story of a a sort of a coming of age thing it either needs to be a film that is written for and aimed at the age group that it's portraying mm. which this wasn't or it's got to be written for and aimed at an age group older but so cashing in on nostalgia, nostalgia. About, yeah. yeah so basically like like for example super bad is aimed at the generation that it portrays mm. and stand by me is aimed at the parents of the generation it yes yes portray- yeah do you know what i mean yeah um whereas this was a film about mid-teen teenagers made for 20-something hipsters. And it didn't like that. I mean, it was a really kind of like, I, I just thought the indie feel for it, all the slow motion montages and the really wanky looking lens flares just didn't didn't sit right with the, with the, the content of the film, the story of the film. Mm. And then I didn't think the comedy fitted either. So I, the the thing I thought that the the kids were really good. Mm. Um, I thought the the best thing about it by far was Biagio. Okay. Because he came across as just a really weird kid, mm. like just a really freakishly odd. Okay, that surprises kid. me. Right. Because in his look and in a lot of his delivery, mm. he reminded me of someone you absolutely hate. Who? A young Michael Sarah. Really, I didn't think of yeah. him at all like that. It's interesting because I I, fa- I found the uh, I found that in the first half of the film, I I agreed with the parents like right. the, these were just kids that like it was like well what's your problem? You're just being bratty teenagers, and I didn't associate with them with the need to really. Get out. You could stand having a mother like Megan Mullally. Well, no, because no one can really stand Megan Mullally. I don't think. Again, <laughs> I I think you know, it, it's. Yeah, so it just it really didn't sit well at all. I didn't think, and everything, nothing, nothing got me to root for the kids mm-hmm. uh, when when you needed to, because I didn't really care. And then mm. there, it was just stuff like everything seemed very implausible. Right, like you know, it was implausible that they could build such a yes. house. It was implausible that the parents just wouldn't actually go looking for them for four weeks. Mm. Uh, or that the police would do nothing, and, and it just it, like it, it, all of that didn't just it just it, it fell flat and it didn't fit right for me. Um, I think my thoughts are broadly in line with yours, if slightly less extreme. Right. Um, I wrote this can't seem to decide if it's Stand by Me or an episode of Community, and is having trouble balancing the two. Right. Um. Uh. I did like. <laughs> I did know there was a lot of passive aggressive monopoly in this guy in this uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was uh, I was mostly amused but unengaged. Yeah, there were. I, found there that are... I laughed a lot. I, but see, I, I didn't, didn't give a shit about anybody. No, I I found some things amusing. Mm. Um, off the top of my head, I can't actually remember what they were. I love. I like Biagio's ransom notes. Uh, I based the names on the format of Denver yes. Washington, a black first name followed by a state. Yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah, so it's um, all like Deshaun Virginia and that. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that made me laugh, and there were some other bits and pieces. But I, yeah, it just, 
yeah, it was very weird. And it was kind of like Nick Offerman was good, but he was just doing more of the same. You see, I wrote he was he was unsurprisingly awesome without being Ron Swanson. See, I didn't. I, I mean, it was kind of a toned down Ron Swanson for me. He ju- it was just kind of him, really. Yeah, and I think he, you know, yeah, I did like his argument with the Chinese food delivery guy. When's that? A, an Indian man arrives to deliver him Chinese food. That's right. Yeah, and they have yeah, it to do on yeah. the doorstep over the giant wontons and the yeah, wontons. Yeah. Are- <laughs> Yeah, see, I, and I, I, I thought that the Megan Mullally and her husband were just like mm. mugging for the camera and mm. just trying to be funny. Mm. And that again, that didn't, you know, the tone of the, that wasn't the tone of the movie. If they'd been in a movie like Superbad, then they would have been perfect. Yeah. But in this, it, yeah, that that's the trouble I had was it just it didn't, it it didn't seem to know what it was. Yes, it's yeah. And it's it's frustrating because it could be really great, mm. and it just needs to pick. I think it needed to be pick a side. Yeah, yeah. I I think if it had been, if there'd been less of the uh, sort of montagey lens flare slow mm. motion stuff, and it had been a bit more sort of straightforward and aimed at teenagers. Mm. Um, and played a bit more as a, a straight drama with with humour, rather than sort of veering between that and trying to be out and out funny. Mm. I think it would have fitted better, with, and I think it would, you know, would have been more what the director intended, if if that makes sense, mm. to to find that audience. Because I don't think I don't think he was saying how important it is for people to see films like this. The wrong people will see it, right. You know, you want you want young kids to you know, like teenagers to see this so that they understand that you know their behaviour, why their parents do what they do, and, and how their behaviour affects their parents, but also why it's important for them to for the parents to let them explore their yes. own freedom and personality and all that kind of stuff. And and if you also if you don't, don't run away and get bitten by snakes, you, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. But it's you know it's, you need to see that when you're sort of fifteen, sixteen. Mm. Not when you're in your mid twenties and yeah. already presumably independent. Hmm. Yeah. So that's what I. It, yeah. It was. I was. It, it was very frustrating to watch. Hmm. Um, apart from a list of things that amused me, I don't really have much else. No. No, I don't either. It was. Uh, I just. I just kind of sat there afterwards. I think oh, that's a. That's a real shame. Yeah. Um. It was funny because I watched last night. I watched. Um, Nick Offerman's effectively stand-up special that's mm. just Directed come on by to, the same guy. Yeah, that's yeah. just come on to uh, Netflix UK. Yeah, and um, it, it's based. It's pretty much loosely based on his book "Paddle Your Own Canoe," and it's mm. his, his sort of ten life lessons. Yeah, and I think that's more valuable than in teaching movie. that than than this movie. Mm. I do want um, to watch that. Actually, you should. I mean, it's 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 funny. Mm. Um, there are still slow mo wanky montages in it though. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Some of the some of the extreme slow motion photography in this is good. Like when they're yeah, first it, starting building the house, like the first nail they yeah. drive in, they do it in super slow motion, you see all the sawdust leap yeah, off the absolutely. board. Absolutely. And, they, and, and kind of when they're like punching each other and you see the skin ripping yeah, yeah. and stuff. Um, the, the technical Shit, we got a phantom for a day, quick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like it looks great, but mm. it's completely superfluous. Mm. It's, it's bonding. It's friendship. Yeah, but it doesn't. It it doesn't portray it in the right way. 
It's it's, it's the wrong medium. Okay. Do you see what I mean? It's it's knowing what what how to present what you want to present it, and mm. it just it it just seemed like well, why slow motion? Mm. It doesn't because we've got a phantom. Well, for it, a day. We've got to use it. I mean, that's what I mean. It's not. There, there seems to be no. It doesn't serve the story. Mm. And I think you know that that's it, it serves someone going. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if? Mm. Which you know is all fine and dandy, but I think I think when you've got when you're trying to do with this film what the director was trying to do with it it's all about the characters and the the story mm. you know using those kind of technical devices is the wrong thing fair enough sorry yeah. i was interrupted <laughs> by, uh, by lunch for lunch coming wrong. for a second yeah. visit um <laughs> yeah well i don't really have anything to add to that okay i was disappointed yeah i was i think yeah less so than you i think yeah um I've no desire to watch it again. No. Um, two out of three ain't bad. Sorry, Graham. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't. I mean, yeah. Thumbs up for for Blackfish and uh, Muscle Shoals, but this one, this one didn't really do it. I'm afraid. So, should we get on to an email I was sent by Kenny Vengeance? Yes. I'm kind of blindsiding you with this because <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, completely no. forgot about it till we sat down. Yeah, fine. Kenny says, hey, guys, uh, I'm sorry you guys didn't enjoy Sharknado 2 as much as I did. Right. Uh, I must admit that both the Sharknado movies have become guilty pleasures of mine. I have both on DVD and I'm looking forward to the third installment. Yes, there's a third oh, one coming next year. No. You're going to have to do it. No. You've got to keep going. Oh, it man. might even get better. Oh. I'm going to buy it for you for your birthday. No, um, don't. <laughs> I'll uh, break it off and stab you with it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, have fun discussing movies with an empty chair. Um, so, he says, I don't have a pitch, but I do have a question. Uh, what are Tom and Kieran's guilty pleasure movies? I'll give you another example of mine. Ooh, Stephen okay. King's Maximum Overdrive. It's awful, <laughs> but I love it anyway. Now it's your turn. What dark cinematic skeletons are lurking in your movie closets? I'll be listening. I'm going to have to go through my DVD collection. Yeah, I need to think about this as well. Because there are some, I'm sure, um, that I, I really like and I shouldn't. Uh, I, for no apparent reason, yeah, really like the Steven Spielberg film that nobody else likes. Oh, no, I know which one this is. I, I don't mind it, actually. Always. Yeah. We did this. Did, did yeah, we do we this spoke, on the show? We haven't done it on the show, no, because I'd seen it. Right. Um, I've actually got it on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's a bit, it's, it's really kind of sappy, but it's, it's actually quite tosh, yeah. but I really quite <laughs> yeah. enjoy it. And I always yeah. have since I, I my first saw it when I was about 12 or 13. Right. And I love it. I don't know why. See, I, I, I've been, I'm, uh, since we watched um, Duel and... Uh, I watched Jaws again. Mm. I kind of I've been on a bit of a Spielberg kick recently. Right. I watched War Horse and I really enjoyed that, which okay, I didn't I think I would. That. Um, that that gets a bit sort of syrupy. Um, I did the premiere for that. We shit yeah. our pants when he actually stopped in front of us. <laughs> I'm not surprised. My interview was yeah. asking. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. Well, what, what we I have to think. obviously discount things like Birdemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're they're kind of yeah. yeah. I think I I probably own two more uh, Adam Sandler movies than I should. I can't watch Adam Sandler movies. No, I know you can't. Um, um, I used to because it was the only one I had. 
for some reason, I've seen Batman Forever more than once. <laughs> that's not that's not the one with the nipples and the Mister Freeze. That's this is that's the Val, Val Kilmer one. one right, right, Kilmer. right. I've seen that. It's yeah, a pretty shit film. I, do you know what the the original four Batman films, if you like? I know I've seen all of them. I can't tell them apart. Really? No. Oh, one and the uh, Batman and Batman Returns are definitely distinct from the Tim Burton ones. Are definitely distinct from the Joel Schumacher ones. Yeah, but I can't really. Re- I can't remember the the plots and really? the. You know, they just all like you know. I've never been. I've never really been into Batman. That has to be said. Oh. The, the best one for me that I like the best is Batman Begins. Hmm. Um, but that's probably because I don't really remember the others. You were there when I did it, but we recently met Tim Burton, mm, and yeah. I told him Michael <laughs> Keaton was my Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he went, "Yeah, me too." Don't get me started on the other guy. <laughs> no, that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna have to apply oh. some thought. We might have to come back to this. Next yeah, week. I think. Yeah, I think we should actually. I'll, um, I'm gonna have to write. My, most of my DVD collection is still in boxes because I'm still moving true. house. Yeah, I, I have most of mine on an app. Um, see, th- that's the funny thing is though, my, my DVD collection, because it's shared with my wife, mm. like there are films in there that are, like technically I own part of and right. wish I didn't. <laughs> well, is that how marriage works? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. You can't pick and choose no. what's yours and what's not no. anymore. Um, like, for example, uh, we own Moulin Rouge and, it, and if it was up to me, I'd burn that <laughs> because that is a horrendous <laughs> film. Um, uh, I, yeah, I can't tell you how much I hate it. Mm. Um, but no, there are, there are ones there that we own that I like, and we probably shouldn't. Um, what I, I oh, I just thought of something, and it popped straight out of my head. Sorry. Oh, I remember what it was. Yeah. Um, lots of people really, really hated Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yeah. I watched it on a plane. Didn't mind. Yeah, it we was are, fine. We own that. Yeah. Yeah, that was alright. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be stuff like that. You will not that. catch me watching anything else with Kevin James in the lead, though. No. Now, you see... And I was trapped there, on a plane. To be fair, there's one, there's an Adam Sandler film which I have toyed with, with pitching for you mm. because there's one scene in it that is really, really funny, which is neither... It, it's him and... it's um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which is him and Kevin James in the leads. Can but, I tell you something? What? That's on my DVR and has been for about three years and right. I've never watched right. it. Right. There's... There's one, okay, a non-official pitch. (laughs) Watch it. You can watch most of it on fast forward. Mm. Stop every time you see Ving Rhames. Okay. Because he's, there is one thing that absolutely made me cry with laughter because I wasn't expecting it. And it was, it was just, he was really, really great. The rest of the film can take or leave. But, but Ving Rhames in that movie was just great. Uh, yeah, other guilty pleasures. No, I, I think it's going to be. I think I think there are going to be some Adam Sandler movies, and I don't know actually. Yeah, it's difficult. We'll get back to this. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose Transformers. Ah, uh, only the first one, because you only know everyone seems to hate and rag on those, but. I don't know what people expect other than what they are. Um, yeah, no, I will, 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 will. We hoped for better. Let's say yeah. that. How about we we look for? I don't know. You reckon three or five? Yeah, let's go for let's go for three. Let's go for three. Yeah. Okay, we'll find. And three. if you find five, 
Well, okay, fine. Yeah, ne- all right. We'll do we'll do three three guilty pleasures for the next episode. Yeah, all right, fine. Okay, there you go, Kenny. Uh, you just have to wait one more episode. Episode yeah. one hundred and ten, guilty pleasures. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to take a break from the current formula where we've been doing listener 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 <laughs> i say um, we've been doing uh listener pitch yahtzee roulette yeah. whatever the fuck it's called yeah uh where we had six listener pitches that we've been working our way through um we still have three of those remaining however two episodes ago a shocking revelation was made in this submersible <laughs> that mr tom webb has not seen a certifiable christmas classic yeah a movie which i really like Right. Uh, and if I'd have known you hadn't seen it, you'd have got this at least two Christmases ago. <laughs> Tom has never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Turns out I don't own a copy of It's a Wonderful Life, so right. thank you very much to my friend Craig for lending me this DVD. Excellent. Um, so I watched this again, uh, knowing that I was going to you know, break this formula and, and pitch this to you. And I realised that all of the plot synopses... Well, tell me, what do you think the plot is of It's a Wonderful Life? You must have heard of it, at least, and have had some kind of... You know, absorbed it through popular culture yeah, the same you, way as know, I had with all the Hitchcock films before I saw it. Yeah, do you know, do you know the first time that I heard what is effectively the story mm. was reading a novelization based on the TV series Red Dwarf? Okay. Where uh, it's called Better Than Life and uh, Lister, the main character. Is it Lister? No, it is Lister because I was thinking of exactly the same thing while I was watching it and I couldn't remember what this was. Yeah, and and, uh, it's basically a a submersive computer game where it picks your ultimate fantasy and you 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 live it out as if you were there and his is being in the town and it, it kind of, yeah and it kind of plays out um as it's a wonderful life so as far as i'm aware it's james stewart is is he suicidal carry on he's 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 he's, well, he's, he's fed up to what degree I don't, i'm not mm-hmm. 100% right. and um it's it's kind of that Scrooge and uh, Christmas tale storyline of of something happens to him I to appreciate you mean a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, same I'm thing. Completely didn't say a Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and it, it, you know, some, something changes his mind about uh, his attitude towards people and living, and and that kind of thing happens. It's okay. that, that kind of premise. Yeah, roughly. That's what I, I would have said the plot is. If I was going to tell someone the plot of It's a Wonderful Life, I yeah. would say um, a, a despondent and suicidal James Stewart mm. um, is saved from jumping off a bridge by a, a guardian angel who, the, who and he then wishes he'd never been born and the angel shows him what life would like right. if he'd never yeah. been born. Okay. Um, he sees this is a bad thing, decides he doesn't want to kill himself after all. There we go. Yeah. That is the last 20 minutes of a two-hour movie. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Because that, to me, that I thought that's what the film yes, was. Yes, exactly. Um, huh. this, okay, so you've got a massive spoiler straight away. Fine. But, you know, um, this movie was made in 1946, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like Psycho, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I now honestly don't know how to pitch it. Okay. Um, because... As I said, what I think is the plot is actually effectively the finale. 
And right. what you get before that is um, how it begins uh, is various views of the town of Bedford Falls right. and voiceover from different characters um, praying for George Bailey, which is James Stewart's character. Mm. Um, it then cuts to um, celestial bodies, so stars, mm. um, having a chat. Right. Uh, these stars are angels. Um, uh, a, the smallest one, uh, Clarence, is assigned uh, to keep an eye on George, uh, and the other angels show Clarence um, uh, pivotal moments in George's life. Right. So we flash back to George as a kid in 1919, mm. uh, where he saves his brother from drowning in an icy lake. Right. Um, we see him. Um, uh, he sacrifices his chance to go to college. Mm. Uh, he builds up the family business. He essentially, uh, his family run the building and loan. Mm. So a building society. Yeah, and yeah. it really is a building society. People put their money in and when there's enough money, someone gets a house built out of it and so yeah, on and yeah. so on. Um, and we see him building up that company. Um, and building up to the most pivotal moment of all, which is when... This has all come. He's he's like the nicest man in town. Everybody loves George. Everybody knows George, mm. uh, and it builds up to the, the the pivotal moment, which is when it all comes crashing down, and that's when he decides he's going right, to right. off himself, yeah. enter Clarence in corporeal form. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. No, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it is it is a classic. Yeah, it doesn't stick to your traditional three act structure as you would think of it now. Right. Um. It, but it really works to a phenomenal mm. degree. And when I started watching it, I thought this is going to be sappy as hell. Yeah. This is, you know, this is Fran, uh, uh, Franz Kafka. No, <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Frank, Franz Kafka's "It's a Wonderful Life." Uh, Jimmy Stewart turns into a cockroach. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it's it's Frank Kafka. So you expect schmaltz and i thought yeah. i'd be drowning in syrup yeah. by the end of it I really wasn't <laughs> um and i remembered how much i enjoyed it right while watching it again just like watching it because i can't have seen this for over 10 years and there was a lot of stuff i'd forgotten uh stuff i thought that was the beginning actually turned out to be much later on right. um i really for the most part enjoyed watching james stewart mm. look at him when he's thinking Mm. There's, I can't remember who said it. Uh, I think it might be a, a podcast I listen to. Apparently, yeah. there are other podcasts out there. Who well, knew? Yeah. Uh, and one of the guys on it was talking about lots of actors have one particular thing they do really well. Yeah. For example, nobody takes a punch and sells a punch like Harrison Ford. Yeah. Think about it. Mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Where the tongue goes into his bottom lip and uh, all that. Yeah. Nobody thinks on screen like James Stewart. Right. It was funny because uh, the other night uh, we watched Airport 77. Okay. Which is the third one they made. And he's in that. And we were just like, oh, this must be, he must be getting on for his last movie. And he's and he's just absolutely fantastic in it. I think it was like mm. maybe one of the last three movies he, he made, I think. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah. you can watch 38-year-old James Stewart try and play 21. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's amazing in that. And he's like he's opposite people like bloody you know Jack Lemon and Christopher mm. Lee and mm. it's one of those ridiculous casts again. Yeah. But yeah, 
Yeah, I must remember to pitch you the the. Uh, oh God, there's the more others. airports. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Do you do you remember how um, the uh, there's a there's a MacGyver that's completely based on the Italian job? Yeah. Well, you say based on. Well, well you mean ripped totally off completely yeah, footage yeah. from the Italian. I job. discovered the other day there's an episode of The Incredible Hulk that completely rips all of the footage from uh, the second airport movie. Okay. <laughs> which, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, um, that's about it, really. Yeah. Um, it's okay. sort of a, a weird quasi-pitch. No, that's fine, because it's one of those... It's. It's it's, like, I can't tell you. The, no, no. I can't pitch it to you and give you the plot without telling you the end of well, the film. Well, exactly, simply and it, because of how the movie is structured. Yeah, and also it's one of those movies that, that regardless of how you pitch it, this is going to tick a major box. Yes, you know, you know what I mean. It's it's a movie that everyone says you should see. Um, so yeah, and I do you know what I was wondering if it would actually hold up to that. Yeah, watching it again now. Yeah, and I think it does. But I it, really enjoyed seeing it. It's again. like when you pitch me Casablanca. Mm. Yeah, that was another one. Wasn't it, it was. It was kind of like, well, I know I should see this. Yeah, everyone says you should see this, and it wasn't until well, I actually like me an alien as well. It, exactly, I was what like, an experiment that was. <laughs> it was when I actually watched. It, I was like, no, I get it now. Mm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where I fall with with It's a Wonderful Life. Whether I'll find it too sappy and saccharine, or whether I will actually get what it is people mm. see about it. Well, I'm very sensitive to saccharine sappiness in movies. I don't get on with it very well no me either. and this didn't strike me in that way right. yeah it no, is I find of it a bit its time difficult. yeah uh but it's not i didn't feel cloyed yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah yes okay. so i think that's probably it okay cool that's the review out of the way the pitch yeah. out of the way talked about kenny's thing yeah well, i need to pitch now. you do you oh yeah. i thought we were just doing the one no, well, no this no. is a surprise no i've got i've got i've got a christmas movie for you Yes. Well, I say Christmas movie. It's right. it's kind of set at Christmas. Uh, I've seen Home Alone. Yeah, it's not Home Alone. Oh. Uh, I'm going to pitch you a horror movie. Good. It's it is the complete opposite to of its life. life. It cannot be further from it. This is one of the movies that was on my very very original list three years ago when we started doing this mm. as a film to pitch you. Uh, it, yeah, this is our third. This will end up being our third I know, Christmas episode. I know. Yeah. I um, two years worth of podcasting. Three years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, killing that. Um, <laughs> I uh, when I first saw this movie, I remember being really creeped out by it. Mm. Really surprised at uh, what it was and what I, th- based on what I thought it was. Mm. Um, and when I and I haven't seen it since I first saw it, or since I first got the DVD, and I, 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 it was always in my mind of like, oh, that that's good. I should I should pitch that. I should pitch that. And I was always like, oh well, wait till Christmas episode because mm. you know it's about a family heading to. It's basically a road trip uh, of a family going to some in laws for Christmas. So it's National Lampoon. No, it's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh yeah, I'll wait until then. And then I thought, right, this is it. I'm going to do it. Mm. I'm going to do it. And I watched it and I got like 15 minutes in and I was just like, huh, I don't remember this being funny. Is this <laughs> is this the film I think it is? And why was I so creeped out by it? Maybe I've completely misremembered and I started to panic a bit. And it's one of those films, it is funny, it is comedic and there are moments that are played for laughs mm. and it is quite silly in, in places. 
but it still really creeps me out. And okay. I, and I, it's, it's just weird. Um, it's a movie called Dead End. And it was made by... You can't see my brow following. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard of this. Yeah, it was made uh, mid-2000s, 2004, I think. Um, made by two French guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they, they wrote this script um, and it was set in the US, but it was tricky getting funding. It was really... Mm-hmm. Indie- I think the budget, the budget was $900,000. It took... 77 million dollars in dvd sales holy shit yeah um it stars that like the only person you will probably have heard of in it is ray wise mm-hmm. um who plays the father and it all i'm going to tell you is it's basically him and his family which consists of his wife his son a teenage son his daughter who's a a psychiatrist in her sort of mid to late twenties, mm-hmm. and her boyfriend, and they are going to the mum's family for Christmas, and the dad uh, Ray Wise decides he's going to take a shortcut. And I sense this is a poor idea. Yes, they're driving along the road, and they see a young woman in a white dress holding a baby, and they stop, and then from there, it just goes. Weird. Okay. Um, there are things. The ending's a bit. Hmm, we'll, we'll discuss that <laughs> when we come to it. The, the music is pretty awful, and it, it, it's kind of you know. Well, we've sat through some horrible synth pap. On yeah, this show, and it, it's kind of you know, it, it's 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 clear it's clear there were budget restrictions in some departments. Right. Put it that way. Um, but it's it it deals with the horror by utilizing it mostly off screen so you very rarely see any gore okay uh, but there's a lot of implied stuff and they, they imply it to great effect um there are some really kind of funny moments and there are bits where you're kind of just it, it it's got that i guess It's got that kind of creepy feeling you get with Alien, where you kind of like it's like you know there's something going on, but you 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 don't know what, and it's that horrible kind of you know mm. uh, fear of the unknown, I suppose. Mm. Um, so yeah, I thought it would be you know it's, it's completely different to It's a Wonderful Life. Sounds it, and we'll see if you like it or not. Well, what a Christmas special that will be! Exactly, it's a Wonderful yeah. Life and Dead End. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So, if you've seen either of those films, yeah. uh, you can let us know on Twitter at HYS Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. The website is have you seen.net and the email address is podcast at have you seen.net. We are also on YouTube, youtube.com slash HYS Podcast, where mm-hmm. you can see the little videos that we make for yeah. movies that we both like that aren't going to get covered on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see the epic episode 100, which seems like ages ago now. Yeah. Because it was, and we've only done nine episodes since. <laughs> Jesus, I was like, that's, yeah. that's, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I'm doing this off the top of my head because I don't have my plugs and thanks yeah. thing with me. So, thank you to, um, let's start with Nicola, the social media manager, for yep. getting us Twitter followers. Uh, Alexia Manfred's technical expertise. Thank mm-hmm. you to all of you for listening, uh, especially people who send us pictures and reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Thank you to Rob, the Submersible Manager, for keeping the Submersible tidy. And thank you for Upbeat Productions for letting us into the Submersible. 
uh, thank you to Upbeat Productions for staying out of the submersible while hungover this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think they're all asleep somewhere. Oh, th- one of them definitely, definitely is. is. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> yeah. um, oh. You right? Bump my headphones on the microphone. Right. So you, uh, wait, you bumped or bummed? Bumped. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is that everything? I think so. All right. Lovely. Uh, we'll be back hopefully next week. Yes, we need to work out how we're going to do that. It's possibly going to be one of those weird yeah, remote location deals. Yeah, we won't be... With in, me yeah. in my bedroom and you in your study. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we... we uh, have we done a... We've done a remote one since I've been at my new place, haven't we? Yes, but not since I've been at yours. mine. Okay, so this is going to be an interesting experiment. Well, it's, uh, acoustically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know what that room is going to sound like. Do you want, do you want to take some clamps and stands and, and uh, baffles? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I have to make myself a little podcast shell. Oh, maybe yeah. I'll just do it under the duvet. Yes. Maybe. All yeah. right, we'll see. Just, yeah, there, be may, there may be construction involved. Yeah. So... Next week will be the ramshackle, <laughs> bilocated podcast. Yeah, uh, talking Dead End, It's Wonderful Life, and yeah. the cinematic atrocities that we secretly love. <laughs> yes, Guilty pleasures. Yes. Okay. I'm going to have to really rack my brains across Indeed. my. Yeah. Uh, and if really anybody pleasure. wants to wants to send us lists of theirs, oh, that'd be we fantastic. Will happily. Yeah. Read absolutely. Them out. Yeah. So, uh, you guys think about that, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>